It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson, a producer on the show. We had planned to launch our new season, a deep dive into the history of pandemics, in April. But then, the world changed. COVID-19 has paralyzed countries, forced families into their homes, and wiped out billions in the world's wealth. And this is just the beginning. Extraordinary times like this call for a few changes in programming. So Prognosis is becoming a daily show, for as long as it makes sense to be one. Every weekday afternoon, we'll talk you through the most important developments in the COVID-19 outbreak. I'll be hosting this daily edition with the help of Bloomberg's Jason Gale in Australia. Before we move on, one more announcement. When you're done listening to The Daily Report today, stick around for another special episode. It's an in-depth profile of the doctors and scientists who are leading the fight to understand and beat global scourges like the new coronavirus. If you're subscribed, that episode's in your feed right now. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers, they're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Let's get started. It's day 16 since the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a global pandemic. As of the latest reports, there are half a million known cases worldwide, and the disease has killed over 22,000. Today's main story... What went wrong with testing? But first, here's the latest news. Spain reported a surge in cases, though the country had fewer deaths than a day earlier. Infections also climbed in the Lombardy region of Italy, the epicenter of the crisis in Europe. Europe now accounts for 7 out of 10 reported fatalities, the World Health Organization said. In the U.S., the virus is causing a total economic system shock that's showing up in new economic indicators. 3.28 million Americans filed for unemployment benefits last week, after much of the U.S. economy ground to a halt. 
That's more than four times the highest number ever recorded, back in 1982, according to Labor Department data released today. To offset the pandemic's destructive effect on workers and businesses, the Senate passed a historic $2 trillion rescue plan late last night. The package includes expanded and extended unemployment benefits, loans and assistance to large and small businesses, and billions for airlines, hotels, and the retail industry. It is expected to pass the House easily in a vote Friday morning. And finally, some encouraging signs that we may soon be able to diagnose cases much faster. Companies are rolling out COVID-19 tests that can deliver results in hours or even minutes. A new blood test from medical supply firm Henry Schein takes nothing more than a pinprick and can tell patients whether they are infected in just 15 minutes. Other companies, like Robert Bosch and Mologic Limited, are also prototyping and developing quick turnaround tests that diagnose cases in a couple of hours or a few minutes. Previously, it had taken days to receive results. Even as companies race to invent smarter, faster tests at the speed of the virus, the situation with testing has varied widely around the world. Which brings us to our main story today. What went wrong with testing? Health officials around the world have urged countries to step up testing for the new coronavirus. They say we need widespread tests to help understand and reduce the transmission of the virus. But some nations, like the United States, have been slow to respond. When is testing everyone the right thing to do? And why have some countries sprung into action with aggressive testing, while others seem so unprepared to get tests done on a massive scale? It turns out that resources are only part of the answer. Senior editor Jason Gale reports. Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus is the World Health Organization's Director General. On March 16th, he delivered a stark warning to countries battling the coronavirus. You cannot fight a fire blindfolded, and we cannot stop this pandemic if we don't know who is infected. We have a simple message for all countries. Test, test, test. Dr. Tedros was sending this message because not all countries are testing for the virus on a massive scale. As of last week, the US had carried out just over 10 tests per 100,000 people in the population. The testing rate in South Korea, on the other hand, is more than 60 times higher. South Korea is often pointed to as the biggest case for why widespread testing is a success story. It was one of the first countries outside of China to experience a large-scale epidemic of COVID-19. Last month, the disease risked veering out of control, with infections rising 30-fold in just 10 days. In response, South Korea tested more than 320,000 people in less than a month. It was a diagnostic blitzkrieg, and it helped bring down the daily tally of new infections to less than 100. That was a big slowdown from just a few weeks earlier, when new infections topped 800 a day. South Korea shows that scaling up testing and putting in place measures to stop onward transmission can put the epidemic in reverse. But lots of countries aren't doing the kind of widespread testing South Korea has done. One reason? Well, they're an incredibly short supply around the world. 
That's Dr. Mike Catton. He's the director of the Victorian Infectious Diseases Reference Laboratory in Melbourne. He tested and diagnosed the first COVID-19 case in Australia. A coronavirus test requires certain chemicals or reagents to perform. Mike says all of the testing around the world has created intense demand for these chemicals. I mean, they're made in Europe and in Asia and America, which are both have their manufacturing capacity smashed and they're desperate um, to use those very same reagents themselves. So there's a lot of competition for our supply chains. We all prudently stockpiled, um, but we're going through those tests at an enormous rate. Doctors want more tests because it helps them track spread in communities. It also allows hospital workers to identify patients for whom they need to take extra precautions. In a city like New York, which has more than a quarter of cases in the United States, that spread is wide. Deborah Burks, the State Department doctor who was advising Vice President Mike Pence, said this week that 28% of tests in New York City and surrounding areas are coming back positive. That compares with less than 8% in the rest of the country and suggests a high prevalence of COVID-19. That makes it even more important to find infected people. But that alone isn't enough. So the first thing is you have to have testing. But testing is only a good investment if that leads to case isolation and to contact tracing. This is Dr Annalise Wildersmith. She's a professor of emerging infectious diseases at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. In the absence of plentiful testing kits, there's been a focus on only testing severe cases or people at risk of developing serious complications. Annalise says that's not sufficient to turn the epidemic around. She says even people with mild symptoms should get tested and then isolate themselves until the result comes back negative. It's something she's trying to create awareness about among the medical community in Switzerland where she lives. If you look at what China did, despite totally being overwhelmed, more than we are, they continued with isolation of mild cases, whilst we stopped it in total, in total. There's no case, there's no isolation of milder cases. In Singapore, I visited Singapore a week ago, mild cases are even in negative pressure rooms and they dress up for them like, like, like it's Ebola. So that's how serious Singapore takes mild cases because it's about not the case, it's about transmission. So you need to have the facilities in place to do isolation of mild cases. It's no coincidence China and Singapore took similar approaches to COVID-19, Annalise says. She was working in Singapore 17 years ago when the city-state experienced an outbreak of another coronavirus from China, Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, or SARS. The lessons from SARS have put many Asian countries ahead of Europe, not just in the speed of their response, but also their capacity to deal with it. Europe's mistake was that we pulled from the experience of influenza. Asia's advantage was they pulled from the experience of SARS. The flu mindset of European countries meant they failed to heed the warning signs coming from China as early as January. We failed to stock up on testing, to stock up on face masks, and, and, and to prepare true contact tracing in Europe. In Europe. We, we failed. 
So it seems the big difference between the countries which got testing right and the ones that didn't is the infrastructure they had in place. Asian countries had a semblance of what they'd be dealing with, while nations in the West were preparing for flu. Annalise says it's not too late to learn from Asia. The lockdowns imposed in many countries provide a window of opportunity for health authorities to bolster capacity for not just detecting cases, but also for early isolation, regardless of severity. That was Jason Gale in Melbourne. And that's it for the Prognosis Daily Edition. For more on the coronavirus crisis from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com coronavirus. And for more right now, there's another fresh episode of Prognosis in your feed on the scientists and doctors uncovering the lessons other pandemics can teach us about COVID-19. If you appreciate the podcast, please take a moment to rate us or leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is hosted by me, Laura Carlson. The show is produced by me, Topher Forges, Jordan Gaspore, and Magnus Henriksen. Reporting by Jason Gale. Our editors are Francesca Levy and Rick Shine. Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.